episode number three. Do you have the guts? Do you have the cojones to actually unpack behind your eyes what does it look like for you to be courageous? One of these days, the clocks will stop. My name is Russ Shaw. Easy for you to say. Perseverance. I was uh, talking to a guy via email and uh, exchanged a lot of emails with this dude, and I was telling him that. 80% of the discipline that it takes to conquer this thing is that perseverance. Season two of the ASI podcast, a little Foo Fighters there for you. Gonna kick off the show with a email and then I'm gonna respond. You ready? This is from Mr. M. Mr. M in New Zealand. Alright. Emails throughout the English-speaking world. Anyway, my walk with God has taken a plummet through the last few months. I'm really burnt out and have pulled out of church ministry now. I still have a job, thank God. Still have friends. Still visit my pastor and my family regularly. But I am now on antidepressants and trying to prevent myself from going into isolation mode. I feel like I'm out in the wilderness phase again. And I hope that one day God will show me something and I can leave all this porn and sexual perversion and desperation and loneliness behind. But we'll see. All in God's timing. I'm going to respond to that today. What does it mean to have courage? A courageous act first step of that is just reaching out, you know, and it can be so difficult in that orbit around the bulbous, blistered bacteria of the bummed out, you know, just, just reaching out is a great, uh, I mean, that's a courageous act right there. So I thank him for the email. Um, Christ Church, New Zealand got hit with a couple of pretty devastating earthquakes as well. I mean, we hear this stuff about Haiti and Japan and we see the devastation on TV, but a lot of the coverage of the earthquakes in New Zealand got overlooked, man, and these guys are hurting as well. So let's pray for our friends in New Zealand, shall we? Um, if you want to email me, it's russ at asi247.org. And I really want to go back to some of that progressive interactive show that I used to do before, you know, getting into the law. Doing that show series on the Decalogue was very helpful to me because I had been, um, you know, you hear me angry sometimes because there's just a lot of stuff that people just kept repeating 
and and the same you know uh, heartbreak. I learned a ton from Mr. John Frame down there at the RTS. It was like forty some lectures I listened to. Was very helpful to me personally, but listen, this is not digital counseling. All right, I'm not like this isn't in any way to replace any you know counseling you may be receiving. As a matter of fact, if you're, especially if you're in the compulsive stages of this thing, like you're seeing prostitutes or your, you know, porn use is daily every other day and this thing is just consuming you, you need to talk to a counselor right away. Like right, like now. Like stop listening to podcasts, get on your iPhone or your Android or your computer and, and find somebody to talk to. You need to do that. You need to do that now, all right? I implore you, you need to get this out in the open. You need to talk about this with another human being face-to-face right away, all right? This is a podcast. You listen to this on your way to the counselor's office, all right, or on the way back. You listen to me on the way to church, on the way to your group, whatever it is. Whoever you're meeting with, right? that's what I do. You, you listen to me, I don't know, while you commute. On the way to get real professional face-to-face sound help. That's when you guys listen to the podcast, all right? You need, you need help. It's serious. This is just something to, you know, good stuff to feed your brain while you're fighting this thing. So, anyway, having said that, if you're going to email me, again, russ at asi247.org, I've got a lot of emails over the years, and it's really the ones with heart that I like to address, that I want to talk about, that I want to use as encouragement for others. When I say heart, I here's what I mean by that. One of the things about the word courage, and I was looking up the word courage, and I like to look at root words. Like, every word in the English language has root words to it. Like, the English language is is conglomeration. Like, there's some words that were English, and then there's some words that were added later as, you know, Latin and Italian and all these different languages and dialects come together. And so there's root words, right? The word courage actually comes from the Latin word cur, which means heart. That's where the word comes from. It actually means heart. And you see this in culture where, you know, in a movie where you're you lead actor or somebody, I'm thinking of this movie, I'm thinking of this movie Rudy, where the main character um, always dreams of going to Notre Dame. He gets to Notre Dame. He always dreamed of playing football for Notre Dame. So he starts to, you know, volunteer with the team. And he's just this young, this young guy, this short, you know, punchy little guy who wants to play football for Notre Dame. And he just doesn't have the build for it, you know. So he just keeps getting pushed aside and he finally gets his chance in the film, right? But it's a great film and it shows heart. It's called a heartwarming movie. And that's one of the lines in the film where the coach is like, if you, he's talking to the other players, he's like, if you other guys could have half the heart of Rudy, you could do something. You know, and that's what I want. That's what I look for in emails to the show. There's so many people that write in, and you think there's like a silver bullet or a magic 
potion or a series of, you know, the theology guys will come out with, you know, if I could just get Second Kings together with, you know, First Corinthians 4 and and Second Corinthians 5 and you mix a little of the revelations in there. This is not some Rubik's Cube thing that you try and work out in your mind, up, up in your, your thinker. I mean, you could study the playbook all day long and, and not know how to play the game. Does that make sense? Like there's really brilliant people that come out of college and they can't find a job because the jobs are more apt to hire someone with experience. My daughter works at a vet clinic. She works there really part-time now. Um, she has two jobs, but at the vet clinic, they look for people with heart. Like if you have a heart to care about animals, you'll learn the information. You know, you'll be an intern and the interns work long hours for free while they're studying and going to school and doing massive amounts of homework, working, you know, eight, 10 hours a day on top of it for free at the vet clinic. That takes heart. You want to love animals, you know, that's, that is heart. So it's not just the book information, it's why you want to learn it. What is in your heart that moves you to learn this stuff? So I'm interested in emails that have an encouraging word towards something that you applied that added some change to your life, right? That had you discipline yourself in a certain area and gave you good courage. In the Bible, there's all these, you know, encourage the, your brothers and sisters in the faith that comes up a lot. Be an encourager. And as we grow in encouraging others, we actually it actually helps us. So again, Russ at ASI247.org is my email address. This season of show, season two, is about your identity. The fact that there are moments in time that time isn't static, that it's actually fluid, you're flowing down it like a river. Today, man, I pray that you really gain the courage, right, to, to get up and to do some things and to just get up on your feet. For one, day by day, the future is getting shorter. And I pray that you and I can both embrace life a little bit more. I'm encouraging a, a friend of mine. I sent him a, a message. And he's a, a guy I've never met physically before, but we've exchanged so many emails over the years that I feel like I know the guy, you know? And he's like one of these, uh, he works for the private military. Like he's security, kind of a subcontractor, like kind of dude, right? The guy could tear my legs off and beat me with them all right so I was like hey dude maybe we can help each other out you know I'll coach you with the sexual integrity stuff and you coach me because I'm like I've gained some weight I need to lose some weight and that's been my struggle since January 1 I'm still like right eating bacon cheeseburgers no that's not congruent with my decision to a better life so, I've got my struggle too. I'm six years removed from the sexual addiction thing, but again, I'm kind of a fat ass and I need to uh, repent of that. All right, chubby. 
You know, I know I, some of you religious folks out there, I love you, I do, but I'll tell you what, I've seen my fair share of three, four hundred pound religious dudes pointing fingers at, you know, the gays, for example, talking about how they need to repent, all right? <laughs> Why don't you pull the plank out of your own eye and uh, maybe the hoagie out of your mouth before you point out the speck in, in somebody else's, okay? <laughs> anyway. So I, I plan on pulling the the cheeseburger out of my eye too. I'm I'm about what 25 pounds overweight now, and it's it's uh, it's not good. It's sin. So I'm gonna work on my own sin. Finding courage for me through my recovery and today delving deeper into my fear of commitment you know that's one of them afraid to commit because I because I screw everything up why do I have that self-image I mean that's a question I had to ask myself why did I have that self-image that I feel I screw everything up because if I Invest myself in something, it falls apart. Well, do I have a good honing device to get back on track after it does fail, to get back up and keep going? I mean, these are questions you need to ask yourself. These are heart questions you need to ask yourself. That need love that I was really after in my relationship with my creator, those are some violence times that came out of me where I was just, you know, God, and, and you hear this, man, there's a lot of atheists that are just mad and pissed off at God, you know, and you hear them, they'll go on and on for hours about how God doesn't exist, and let me tell you how much I hate him, it's like, if he doesn't exist, why do you have so much emotion about it, isn't, isn't it true that you're just angry at the way things are? You don't control it. One of the biggest revelations for me was realizing that there is a God and I'm not him. All right. Yes, there's hurt and there's pain and there's devastation in the world. There's really bad things that happen. And I'm limited in scope. The Bible says Jesus is God, right? God is love. And I would react with, why are things so messed up? Why am I in this place? I didn't sign up for my life. Again, I'm limited in scope. I don't know everything. I'm not God. I had to realize that. Yes, there is a war going on. And yes, you're a part of that. You're, you will make an impact. You will make your mark on this world. And you're limited in scope, right? I have a short perspective span. You will make a difference. For good or for evil, what comes flowing out of your heart will change things. How you react to that point, that, that anger that comes out that says, I don't like the way things are. How are you going to solve that? What are you going to do about that? I, I implore you to talk to God because he is listening and he wants to hear from you. And he wants to hear you talk about your hurt 
and, and your short perspective span. He does. Um, I'm going to continue with this uh, message on, on courage next week. Uh, I love you guys. I'm going to leave you with a song by Billy Joel. A <laughs> great little song about this dissonance of uh, we didn't start the fire. Well, we did. Um, you know, this has been going on since the garden. The Bible starts in a garden, ends in a city. Until next week. Bye. Hemingway, Eichmann, stranger in a strange land.